Hello, and welcome to A View from the Perch, a podcast covering important financial topics from the perspective of a financial advisor and an experienced certified financial planner. Each week, we give a brief market update, discuss current economic events, analyze and debate highlighted stocks, and provide education on a financial subject. Now, here are your hosts, Bill Parrott and Spencer Engelkev. All right, Bill, the million dollar question, which we are hesitant to ask, um, how are the markets? Well, uh, it's interesting. If we look back the last five days since we last did the podcast, Mm -hmm. markets are up. So uh, international markets are up roughly 2%. uh, And so is our market, Mm -hmm. for that matter. Small cap stocks are up about three quarters of a percent and bonds are down one and a half percent. Uh, but after today, um, we'll probably be up about 1%. We'll still be positive. Um, but the market is on pace potentially. I mean, we still got two weeks to go to have its first negative December since 2018. Mm. Uh, but over the last five days, uh, Markets are up one to two percent, depending yeah. on the index on the equity side, down on the bond side. Interesting. Yeah, and I mean everybody's talking about Powell's remarks and how he was. Everybody was hoping for a happy Christmas and that he would be enjoying himself, but he seemed very hawkish and saying that we haven't really the economy hasn't really felt the effects of these rate hikes, and so there's still troubled waters ahead. And I was intrigued because yesterday when he made the announcements, the markets kind of flat and I expected more of a visceral reaction so I did some data and um, they had about it says uh, see seven um, meetings that I looked up from this year and every single time he spoke it was either like a one percent or higher kind of swing in the markets since March um, but the big thing is is what we're seeing today it was the day after he spoke where the markets really took an uptrot, which happened in July, or a downtrot, which happened in June, September, and, and May. So I thought maybe we're like getting out of this extremely volatile, extremely reactive environment. But with what's going on just in the short hour of trading that we've had today, it seems as if people still want to react very dramatically to whatever this man has to say. And they are, and they will. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, yesterday wasn't much of a reaction. Yeah. Today, there's, you know, people get home and noodle on the news. And mm. uh, plus, it's again the end of the year, which is always weird because people are positioning their portfolios, taking tax loss, um, buying winners, selling losers, uh, just some weird positioning going on. So, so we'll see. But, you know, I, you know, they, they keep looking at the two year treasury mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know why the Fed funds is the only rate that's regulated. Huh. Like, why don't they just turn that over to the markets, the free market, let the market decide on where the Fed funds rate should be <laughs> and, and be done with it. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this before, but uh, it's controlled by a handful of people, mm-hmm. not millions of people. And so I, I think the market should take over. Just turn it over to the free market, less regulation. Well, not less regulation, but just let the market set the rate. Hmm. 
Interesting. So uh, we've been talking Santa Claus rally or the Grinch stole Christmas. Like you said, we have about two, three weeks left of trading. Uh, what are you anticipating? This is the first December where you said we've been negative since 2018. And so do you think it's just like, hey, let's just punt into the new year. Let's hope for minimal losses and, uh, and figure it out 2023. Well, we have two weeks to go and I had a sign this morning. Mm-hmm. So I was getting out of the car in the parking lot. And uh, there's a dude dressed as Santa Claus going into a Christmas party at one of the companies in our building. So that's the sign. So I think we're going to have a Santa Claus rally. We're going to rally hard into the end of the year. Luckily, I think 23 is one of the most well-known numbers. And a lot of winners come from 23. So hopefully that comes in. I don't know many winners that are 22, but I know a lot of winners that wear the number 23. So maybe that'll be a good sign. Isn't Christian McCaffrey number 22? I think he's... um, I don't know. I think he's actually 23 or 24. Okay. At least when he was in Carolina. I don't know. But he's never won a Super Bowl. So true. (laughs) Perfect. Well, uh, yeah. So you heard it here first. We're still believing in the Santa Claus rally. And then hopefully that can uh, come about. Um, Anything else you want to assure our listeners with the market? Or is it just, hey, let's, uh, let's hold tight? Markets always recover. I mean, uh, it's never not happened before Uh, and there's a lot of metrics that are rolling over that are positive for lower inflation Um, so now i you know we sound like a broken record but uh it'll eventually rebound yeah and that's a good point that we didn't bring up inflation was point uh 7.1 instead of the 7.3 which was expected and also, I mean, two months ago, we would say the Fed is going to be raising in December 75 basis points or, or at least one. Yeah. And they've actually decreased it to 0.5. Mm-hmm. And we're anticipating another 0.5 increase in January. But that should be it. And so it, it sounds like bad news on the surface because Powell's hawkish remarks. But if we were to look at this three or four months ago saying the Fed is only going to decrease by half percent, I think we'd actually be pretty excited. Yeah. And uh, no one, including the Fed, has ever been able to predict inflation. That's fair. So um, how much stock should we put in inflation projections and predictions? Mm. Uh, none. Is uh, So I think we'll uh, I think we'll see some better prints next year on inflation. Just looking at the trends. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we get some good numbers. But they're not meeting again until February. So, mm-hmm. you know, what is that? That's like uh, two months from now. A lot could happen. It's fair. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, um, that's a good transition into our empowering education, which we've heard the, we like to talk about the buzz terms that we like to explain them. And one of the main ones that are going around is the soft landing. The Fed's going to create this soft landing or they're going to miss a soft landing. So we really wanted to kind of articulate what that means how is that going to occur? So well, I'm just going to ask kind of a, a question. What is a soft landing? It's a great question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and everybody throws it around nowadays. But when you fly in an airplane and you land on the runway, you know the difference between a soft landing and a hard landing. That's true. Absolutely. Soft landing feels like smooth as silk, butter, and everybody says, oh, that was a nice landing. And you also know a hard landing when you come in clunk <laughs> and like bounce all over the place. But a soft landing is 
the definition is a cyclical slowdown that avoids a recession. Okay, huge. So it slows down uh, and avoids a recession. Mm -hmm. It's never happened before, so I don't know why it would happen here, but um, in doing some research on this, uh, the closest we came to a soft landing was in 94 and 95 when Alan Greenspan was controlling the Fed. Uh, they raised rates 100% mm -hmm. in 94, and then in 95, they started uh, lowering rates. But interesting, in 94, the S&P 500 was up 1.3%. And then 1995, it was up 37.5%. Interesting. But bonds, long-term bonds in 94 fell uh, almost 8%. And then in 95, they rose almost 32%. And that's just a product of raising rates and then decreasing them? Correct. Yeah. So that's the closest we've come. Uh, so I... And again, we won't know if we have a soft landing or a hard landing yeah. until after the fact. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? I, I Like you said, I think there's two things you really need to focus on. The s a cyclical slowing. So what does that exactly mean? Slowing of the economy hmm. what, and then recession, which for some reason, going to school, and I've only been in this business for a year, when I'm doing um, economics classes, a recession was very s simple. It's two years uh, or two quarters of GDP slowed growth. And that has occurred <laughs> earlier this year, but nobody said it was a recession. So this mm -hmm. idea that recession can be um, kind of manipulated to whatever fits the narrative is what's frustrating with a soft landing because we can't even agree on what is a recession until 10 years from now. There's not these definite articles that we can say A plus B equals C. So how mm -hmm. can we say a soft landing if we don't have the right, I guess there's the, the mathematicians would say the right elements to create kind of the formula. So <laughs> it's it arbitrary. It, somebody has to come yeah. in and bless it. Say yeah. that was a recession. But again, by the time that they say we were in a recession, we're already out of it. Yeah. And, uh, and people want a Goldilocks economy, not too hot, not too cold. Uh, just right. So, you know, how do we get there? Um, you know, things do have to moderate without avoiding or with while avoiding a recession. I, I don't know if they can do that, but it's interesting if you look at some data right now. So wages are up about five and a quarter percent trailing inflation. Uh, GDP growth quarter over quarter was up nine percent. Unemployment rates at 3.7%. And, you know, to your point about core inflation, uh, it was 9%. Now it's at 7-Eleven. Uh, so it's down 21% from its peak. So those aren't, <clears throat> to me, other than inflation, very recessionary type numbers. Exactly. You know, if your economy is going at 9%, Wages are going at five percent, and unemployment's at three something. That's a pretty good economy to me. Yeah. Not not a recession. Now, if you're a realtor or a mortgage broker, you're in a depression yeah, you're right now. It's it's struggling. So it, it's industry by industry, I would say, and maybe we get a rolling recession where mm. it goes and takes out certain industries at a time. I I don't know. I just if Pal keeps saying. The things that he wants to do to create a soft landing are the things that he's wanting to do to create a recession. 
his biggest harping point on his comments yesterday was unemployment still historically low. And so he's like, he wants unemployment to be higher, which will in turn create a more competitive wage gap, which will decrease that. And so he's he's saying he wants a soft landing, but the ingredients he's throwing in the soup is recession. So it's like, how can you be saying one thing and, and believing in another? And like, how does that happen? Like, how do we increase? Because we've seen major layoffs from companies right now, especially yep. the tech companies. Yep. We've seen historical losses in the stock market and the bond market having its worst year ever. Ever. Um, but he's saying it's not enough. So like, yeah, I want, he soft. wants uh, <laughs> unemployment to go like to four, six or yeah. four, seven. Uh, and again, I, I don't know why. Basically, it sounds to me like he wants a hard landing, yeah. not a soft landing. Uh, you know, he wants to crash the economy. And, you know, the thing that, that bothers me the most about all this is this was Fed driven mm-hmm. and government driven, you know, by all the money that was pumped into the system for, yeah. for COVID and the stimulus. And, and and now they're kind of taking that back. And, you know, if you look at what I'll call wartime recessions or wartime recoveries, uh, World War One, World War Two, where the economy shut down because we were at war. Um, mostly men were overseas. They come back. And then when they came back, they built homes, they bought appliances, they bought cars. So you had that big spike in inflation and then it dropped. So that's, I think, what we're going to look like is more of a wartime recession and recovery, not a typical recession like we had in 2008. Yeah or 2000 to 2002 or three, uh, because during COVID we couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Everybody used their stimulus money to buy Pelotons and TVs yeah. and whatever else. Stuff, yeah. Yep. And so that, that they, they brought it forward, bought it forward. And now we're on the tail end of that. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see how we get a soft landing, mm-hmm. but that, that brings kind of two thoughts. And I'd love to get your, your thoughts on this. And the first is, so we have this spike in inflation or inflation because of this COVID pandemic that didn't allow us to spend nearly the amount of money that we were, we were used to. Um, so when does it happen where people are, because we're spending through inflation right now. That's why Powell's hawkish. What happens when that money runs out? Hmm. They borrow. They bought exactly, yeah. and which causes that recession. So it's like, how is Powell looking for the general interests of the population when he's like, we haven't felt the effects of it because you guys are still spending through it. But as soon as you get done spending through it, inflation's still going to be hot. Um, yeah, at least historically speaking. So well, if you look at the U.S. savings rate, it, it soared during COVID because yeah. you couldn't do anything. Now it's plummeting. Exactly. So people are not saving, they're spending. And I'm going to talk about the Ford Bronco for a moment because <laughs> <laughs> there's a used car dealership not too far from our office. And and right now there's like four or five Broncos for sale. Now, during COVID, you couldn't get one. Mm-hmm. And, and their, their prices were going well above asking, uh, almost like a feeding frenzy for these things. Now they're on used car lots. And I think that's going to happen a lot. You know, people bought all this stuff, realize they paid too much. They're going to sell it. 
or they're going to go into debt to, 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 uh, you know, pay for things that they bought. So I, to that point, uh, spending will eventually stop. Yeah. Uh, and if wages come down, that'll definitely be recessionary. But right now, um, I don't know. The economy is still pretty hot. Yeah. And, and that that used car sales brings like a really intriguing article that the, the Wall Street Journal brought out. And they, they gave you a grid and they said all of this kind of products, what is inflated, what is actually deflated. And you've hit it the nail on the head. Used car deflated by about 6%. Technology, smartphones deflated by about 13%. But bread was increased by seven vegetables, canned vegetables, six to seven percent. So it's this idea of we spent money on technology and gadgets and COVID. And now we're spending more on essential items. So are you suggesting that we do not eat? I'm suggesting (laughs) like this is not a great situation because we're having to spend through this inflation. And once we eat up all our savings spending through this inflation, mm-hmm. that's when we're going to feel the effects that Powell's talking about. So it's like, so my question to you is, mm-hmm. how do we position ourselves to be successful in this new environment? Uh, well, if if a recession is coming, then you want to buy long-term bonds. Mm-hmm. Because if we do have a recession, the Fed has to lower rates. Yeah. And when rates drop, bond prices go up. So- you want to buy long-term bonds. That will be the best performing investments once rates drop. More than large cap growth stocks? Yes. It's okay. good to know. You know, if you look at in 95, long-term bonds rose almost 32%. Wow. So, um, and, and stocks went up 37%, but we weren't in a recession then. Mm. Uh, but, you know, bonds are just a function of math. Rates go up. Bond prices go down, rates go down, bond prices go up. So if we think we're going to have a recession, mm-hmm. then you want to buy long-term bonds. Makes sense. Okay. Well, so I think to sum up this empowering education, we're both not a huge believer in the soft landing. Um, and so, but we do believe in the Santa Claus rally. So there's good news. <laughs> there's always a silver lining somewhere and, uh, you just can't bet against Santa Claus. No, absolutely. Unless not. you're a Philadelphia fan and you boom. Well, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia fans, we don't have to do that. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, any, anything you want to leave with this segment of, of soft landing? Uh, stay tuned, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's if they do pull it off, that'd be awesome. And I'm rooting for them to pull it off. Absolutely. I don't want to have a recession. Uh, I just... Hope it works. I hope hope they know what they're doing. Uh, they've got a lot of PhDs working for the Fed, and you think one of them would be able to <laughs> come up with a good answer. But uh, you know, diversification is the key. You know, this quarter uh, we're having a great run from our uh, international investments, which yeah. hasn't happened in a while, and it could be the first positive quarter of the year. You know, because the first three quarters were negative in terms of the market stock market. So hopefully we finish on a good note. It's rolling into the rolling into the new year. I love it. Um, perfect. Well, that was informative. Thank you, Bill. And now let's move on to our intriguing issue um, section. And mine is AI. Uh, AI has been in the news a lot lately. So first we had AI can now create your own essay. So any high schooler listen to it. Um, be 
warn that your teachers are now aware if you're using it. And if you're not using it, make that's sure a good warning <laughs> in your own words. But yeah, and also, but AI is now um, being outsourced to create art and graphics for companies. So companies just use freelance artists. Oh, they're yeah. actually now yeah. going to AI and, and this, these artists are having a revolt because they're saying, Hey, it's like support low, uh, small businesses when that one really came out when large businesses started taking over. They're saying, we we need the cash. You don't need to make sure you're outsourcing all of this um, resources to AI. And even though it cuts on your bottom line, it really hurts our, um, our pockets as well. And lastly, which I thought was the craziest, you can have an AI bargain and cancel subscriptions on your path to sales <laughs> I, rep. That was funny. <laughs> <And so, laughs> if you don't want to deal with um, your subscriptions or especially with customer service sales reps, you can just flip on this AI and they'll negotiate on your behalf, which I just think is is incredible and, and crazy. So you see what the good is it, bad. Is it chat? G, it's, it's chat. It's yeah. so like, it's uh, it's not like going to call you on the phone, but all customer service and business bigness is now, Hey, let's, it's chat. So you're going to have a bot versus bot war. <laughs> you have the company's bot going against your bot. Um, but yeah, the innovation of AI is just, it's, it's definitely intriguing. Scary. It's scary. Where are we going to go? It's 2022 and we have all this functions. Like this isn't the Jetsons yet. We're not no. having flying cars, but we're have we're getting dang near close to this AI. Well, didn't I, I think some people are now putting chat GPT to the test yep. and it's, you know, not perfect, of course, and they're finding some holes, but I think it's just going to get smarter. It's going to learn from its mistakes. And uh, and I, I've seen some of that art. It looks pretty darn good. It looks great. And I think it's uh, like with gra- it's changing all the time. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's not just a picture mm-hmm. like you could have all different types of things going on in that brain. But it, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And it's going to put a lot of artists out of business. And so it, it's just that idea of. Are we going to have this swing in which we're all AI driven? And then we're going to like, we haven't talked to a person in three months. I need to talk to somebody on the phone and then swing back to customer service. Because that's what I've been noticing is pretty much every single person you talk to is saying customer service has gone down the drain after the pandemic. So this idea that AI is only going to be more thrown upon. I can't experience more frustration than when I'm trying to talk to a real person and I have to tell the bot five times, talk to a real person. So representative, <laughs> representative, representative. Um, so we'll see. I just think it's like, what else are they going to do? That's what I'm really interested in. And, and so who has the better bot is, well, uh, is going to be, it's not whoever has the most persuasive skills or the most nagging. It's who has the better bot. <laughs> and, you know, just, you know, the sign of the times that we don't even call it a robot. We just, now it's a bot and, because uh, we don't want to say robot. Um, that's a good one. And and it's a frightening one, I think. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, and so how do you know if things are real or not? You don't. And if it's AI, is it considered real? I mean, is that the new real? I, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. Yeah, like if they created it, yeah. it's real, but it wasn't created by a human. I, I, it is really Frightening stuff. Yeah, artificial intelligence. Um, so how do people know right now if they're listening to this, if we're real? What What's an indicator we can give them? It's uh, a good question because we're just sounds on a yeah, behavior. Yeah, we could um, be bots. <laughs> 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 
I don't think we'd be as passionate about sports if we were robots. So, um, that's true. That's fair. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's your intriguing issue? Well, I, I keep going back to FTX and Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. and their former CEO was arrested in the Bahamas. And I think they're going to keep him in prison until February when the next court case is, but just billions and billions of dollars are unaccounted for. And listening to the testimony of the current CEO, who was the CEO that unwound Enron, Mm -hmm. saying this is the craziest thing he's ever seen. But he also said it's just flat out fraud. They weren't even hiding it. It says, here we go. (laughs) Um, And just the money trail, follow the money. It's really intriguing. And there's been stories about people who put their life savings yeah. into Bitcoin and FTX because of paid spokespeople, Tom spokespersons, Brady. Tom Brady, Mr. Wonderful, um, Matt Damon. I Matt think? Damon, yeah. yeah. Was- uh, Fortune favors the brave, right? Yeah. And so what's the liability to these spokespersons? Uh, mm-hmm. if, if any, I have no idea. But uh, it's really going to be interesting to see how this thing unravels. And more importantly, uh, the former CEO of FTX donated uh, just a ton of money to politicians. Oh, wow. And I hope they don't keep it. Yeah. I hope they give it back because a lot of people got scammed and, and hurt. and It's unfortunate. But this is... Uh, going to be a great movie who, who do you think would be the main character in a movie who would you cast uh, as the for, for him um i feel like you have to go with like a if jesse eisenberg could gain a little bit of weight because he did great with being mark zuckerberg in the social what network. about jonah hill Ooh, i don't know if i could take well i guess jonah hill's character would actually fit well because you just you'd, you'd be a satire about him so they'd be making fun of him the whole movie and so yeah. he actually might be a good one to poke fun at so yeah smart um, yeah, that's a good. They'll probably figure out a way to get Leonardo in there too somehow. I don't, I don't, I don't know how. <laughs> you could but be that. There, I feel like there was one guy that was just like the party dude that came around and and was hanging out with them. So he's probably gonna be the cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Or he could be Dan Snyder because Dan Snyder was neighbors with uh, uh, Sam Bankman Fried. There you go. And so a lot of Commanders fans are hoping that he gets dragged down with them. So so the team. <laughs> Um, which fingers crossed on that. But I, I was actually, not to be tongue-in-cheek, very um, remorseful for the people that did lose a lot of money. Yeah, so. um, but also very encouraged by our government, especially the hearing when it came down. I, I really love the analogy of this isn't a, a garden, uh, this isn't a snake in the Garden of Eden, but rather crypto is just a pit full of snakes or a garden yeah. full of snakes. I think hopefully a lot of people are going to be forewarned and, and looked way more into it. Um, been previously considered because yeah you're in the spokesperson liability is going to be the most intriguing because i can't i, mm. I don't I, there has to be over a thousand people that saw tom brady and was like if tom brady's doing it i have to do it the tv 12 mouth had made mm-hmm. a thousand people die it so it's uh it's well, sad <clears throat> uh mr wonderful uh he received uh 15 million dollars to be a spokesperson mm. And then they gave him $3 million to pay the taxes. So, you know, 18 million bucks to be a spokesperson and poof, it's gone. you know, it's gone. Um, you know, if it's too good to be true, probably it's. Yep. That's the number one question. And what's the best analogy that I think you've ever said is take care of the house 
then build a pool if you can. House um, first, house first, pool, pool. second. Um, <laughs> that that's the order. And uh, just a shout out too to the University of San Diego Toreros. They play tonight in the semifinals of the nice. women's final four volleyball against the University of Texas. So we're in Austin right now in the belly of the beast. Uh, so this is USD's first final four appearance. Uh, I think in anything. Wow. Well, that's not true. I think in soccer, they went to the finals once, but uh, big game tonight rooting on the Toreros. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, like we said, Santa Claus rally, fingers crossed, hunkered down, soft landing, we're hopeful, but not optimistic. Um, anything you want to leave our listeners with, Bill? No, you get a special guest next week, I think. We right? do, yeah, yeah. We're very excited. So Ryan Arnold, the, the founder of this podcast, taught us yes. how to do it. Um, if you remember, he was our intern this summer. He's actually going to be coming back, and we're going to do a little interview with him on how to save and invest as a college student. So be on the lookout for that, because I think it's going to be a pretty good episode. Yeah, got to love it. Perfect. All right, well, we'll All see right. you later. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure to visit our website, parrotwealth.com, where you can learn more about everything we have to offer at Parrot Wealth Management. That's our view from the perch. See y'all next week.